Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Adam Klickfeld. As I'm sure many of you are as well, I am fascinated by this thing called the human mind. And particularly in the difference between the mind and the brain, right? The brain is an organ. It's tangible. It can be seen. Uh, after death, it can be held. But holding a brain is different than holding a mind. And how the mind, which is itself also different than, than the self, right? The mind helps create the self. But how the mind is created from the tissues of the brain is something that, no matter how much we study it, it still mystifies us, right? Perhaps it's the... It's the aspect of reality that makes people who believe in a God most connected to faith because science hasn't really solved that one completely, hasn't really solved consciousness. Um, sometimes I think about this like when I'm studying philosophy, and sometimes I think about it in very mundane moments, like when I'm trying to remember something, right? Just think for yourself, what is it you're actually doing when you're trying to remember something that you know you know? Like you, we all do it, but what's actually happening? I used to be, as some of you know, really, really good at remembering people's names the first time I met them, never forgetting it. I have, I have lost a bit of that skill. I don't even know any of you. I mean, you look familiar, but I have no idea what, what your names are. Um, I've actually, I need to do something now at this advanced stage of my life that I didn't used to do, which is try to search for a name of someone that I know I know. But what's actually happening? It's an active process. I'm not doing nothing but I can't put into words what I'm trying to do. How do you try to remember something? Are you going through files? Are you trying to make associations? Are you just trying to clear your mind for it to come in? Um, and whatever's firing in terms of neurotransmitters in the brain, your mind is trying to put it all together to come up with a thought, a thought that has a particular memory attached to it, and the memory is that name. Um, and it mystifies me, and sometimes it actually freaks me out as I try to imagine the process inside my own mind to come up with something that I once knew and I've now forgotten. Uh, obviously, the Torah had a very different understanding of the body than we did, and the rabbis of the tradition didn't understand neurobiology, but they knew about the mind even if they wouldn't have called it that. And this may sound strange to say, but they had, they had the same human experiences that we had even without the scientific knowledge, right? If you lived 3,000 years ago, there were moments where you tried to remember something and you couldn't. And, and that human being was going through a version of the same thing that we're going through, even if they couldn't have talked on the level of neurotransmitters and, um, and, 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 uh, and synapses between the uh, parts of the brain. Um, and what we, what we use science for and what we use... Uh, neuroscience for, they often used faith for. They used God for. And I'm interested in this when I, when I we focus in on the remembering and the forgetting from the end of last week's Parsha, actually this morning's Parsha, and today's Parsha, specifically the non-remembering by the chief cupbearer, by the Sarhamashkin, of that which he apparently promised Yosef, which is to remember him um, and he finally got freed, and how the rabbis treat the situation and, just, and figure out who they think is at fault in the non-remembering, okay? So uh, let, first, let's look at the psukim themselves. So if you have the text sheet, the first source, this goes back to the last verse of this morning's parsha. After Yosef had um, solved or 
given a, uh, a resolution interpretation of the Baker and the Butler's dreams. The Parsha ends on a great hi- a cliffhanger. It's not a cliffhanger if you know what's going to happen, but if you never have read the next Parsha, it's a cliffhanger. Belo zachar sar hamashkim et yosef vayishkachehu. The sar hamashkim, the chief butler, did not remember Joseph, and he forget- forgot him. There's a lot of material on that doubling, the difference between to not remember and to forget. That's not what I want to talk about now. It's not that it's not important. I don't want to talk about that apparent redundancy in the text. I want to ask you, based on your understanding of what it means to not remember, what is the data we are being taught in the verse when the Torah says, Velo zachar sar hamashkim et Yosef? The chief cupbearer did not remember Yosef. That one English sentence, which is a pretty good rendering of the Hebrew sentence, can mean more than one thing. So what do we think those words mean? Gary, and I'll, rep- I'll repeat on Zoom for those. Yeah. I think I heard what you said, Gary, but there was a helicopter also, so hold on one second. I think Gary was saying that the non-remembering here is not he didn't remember his name, and not that he didn't remember having met him, but that he didn't remember to do the thing he was asked to do, which was to remember him to Pharaoh. We have this phrase in, in poetic um, uh, English, but not in colloquial English. Re- rem- remember me to someone, right? Um, uh, Scarborough Fair. Remember me to one who went there. But if you said that in common English, it would sound funny. You can't remember somebody to someone else, but that's exactly what Joseph had asked to do. In fact, go to the next text. This is actually backwards uh, nine verses in the story. When Joseph realizes that one of them is going to get out based on his interpretation of the dreams, he wants to utilize the, or his knowledge, this butler's knowledge of him, using this word zachar. Remember, huh, that was pun in, no pun intended. Uh, remember that in Hebrew, the root zachar, zayin chafresh, means both to remember and to mention. Lahazkir, which is the he feel, the causative of remember, means to mention, because by mentioning something, I'm causing you to remember. It's to remind, right? So uh, the Torah says, a very hard phrase to translate into English. Something like, but but please remember me with you. The itcha, like, take me with you in your memory. When it's going to be good for you. You're in prison now, but you're not going to be in prison forever. Do for me an act of chesed, an act of righteousness. The he's kartani el paro. The root is memory. To cause me to be remembered to Pharaoh, or mention me to Pharaoh, or make sure that Pharaoh knows who I am. Get me out of this house. So, Gary, what I think you were saying is that what didn't happen in verse 23 is what Joseph asked to happen in verse 14, which is make sure your memory of me translates into action, which means you're going to remember me to Pharaoh. Which is not to say that if the chief cupbearer had been asked the question, have you ever met a dream interpreter in prison? It's not to suggest that he wouldn't have said yes. Or what was the name of that dream interpreter in that prison you went to? It's not to say that he wouldn't have remembered his name was Joseph. What he didn't do was remember to do anything about it. Okay, that's one possible reading. Another possible reading is that he forgot the encounter, right? It's, 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 it's more elementary to forget the entire thing than to remember but to forget to do what you were supposed to do with that information, okay? And then we see the non-remembering, or the the remembering that he not that he didn't remember, which in and of itself is is a type of remembering in the beginning of this week's parsha, which is um, we read just a few minutes ago. So that's the third source. 
Once uh, Pharaoh has a dream that's hard to interpret, this cheap cupbearer's memory got jogged. Vaidaber Saramashkim, the cheap cupbearer said, et, par- et paro le mor, uh, said to Pharaoh or with Pharaoh, et chatai ani maskir hayom. I make mention of, that's a great pun, by the way, because maskir here just means I'm acknowledging, I'm mentioning, but it's playing with the Hebrew word, remember. I am actively causing myself to remember and to mention my sins. What is my sins that I didn't remember? Paro katsaf al-avadav. Remember, Pharaoh, when you got angry at your servants, meaning me, vayitain otiba mishmar, you placed me into imprisonment, beit sar ha-tabachim, in the house of the head uh, shochet, otivi et sar ha-ofim, me and your baker, vanachlama chalom, Balayla echad, we dreamt a dream on the same night, Anivahu, me and this dude. Ish kifitron chalamo chalamnu, that's a very hard sentence to translate. Something like, we each had a dream that was based on its own individual uh, character and therefore had its own solution. Beshamitanu nar ivri, there was a Hebrew youth with us. Lasar habat tabachim, sorry, Evid lasar tabachim, he was Potiphar's servant. Vanasaper lo, vayeftorlanu et chalamatenu, we told him. He solved for us our dreams. He interpreted each one as it was supposed to be. And as he interpreted for us, it was, And me, I got restored by you, Pharaoh, to my post. But this, that guy, you know, it says literally, he hung. What he meant is that Pharaoh hung him. Okay. So what we have here, am I going in and out, by the way? Can you hear me okay? Am I going in? I'm going in and out? Or you can hear me on Zoom. You can hear me on Zoom. Okay, because I sound to myself that I'm going in. And... Okay. Um, so the shot seems to be that the guy who forgot to remember and forgot to remember meant that he forgot to remember so that he would mention it to Pharaoh now ends up remembering, and now that he remembers, he mentions it. And that those two sentences I just said would have sounded even better in Hebrew because the root zachar would have been all over it. Okay. Um, Let's see what the commentators do with some of these verses. Look at Rashi, the next source, on uh, the verse at the end of Parshad Vayeshev, right? The, 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 the first verse on our text. Rashi says, Velo zachar sar bo vayom. He didn't remember him on that day. Rashi dealing with the redundancy of did not remember and he forgot him. So if, it, if, if velo zachar, he didn't remember him, on, means he didn't remember him then, and he forgot him after the, after the fact. What Rashi seems to be saying here is that in the moment that, um, that Joseph asked him, don't forget me, almost instantly he forgot. Or if he didn't forget Joseph existed, he forgot that he had opened himself up to a promise to mention Joseph when the situation came around. And not only that, that was on that day, meaning it went in one ear, out the other, nor did the memory come back to him. That happens as a human being. You can forget something. Like, forgetting is not a constant. You can, you can learn something. You can remember something. You can remember something and never forget it. There are things that I've learned and I've never forgotten. I've never forgotten what two plus two is, right? But there are certain things that you can learn, forget, and then remember again, like a more complex mathematical formula, like the quadratic formula or something. Although I've never forgotten the quadratic formula because I had a really kooky seventh grade teacher named Mr. Hall who said we had to learn the quadratic formula. Why? Just in case. It could happen. 
you're walking down the street and someone jumps out of a tree and says, hey, what's the quadratic formula? And you'll know that it's negative B plus or minus square root of B squared minus, minus 4AC all over 2A. I have no idea what it means, but I remember it, okay? But there are certain things that you forget and then are reminded of. So Rashi says, he forgot then. I have no recollection of having made a promise to this guy to remember him. And I also forgot him after the fact. It never came back to me. It never came back to him until the moment in our Parsha where Pharaoh starts to have his dreams. Uh, look at what Rashi says to continue. Because Yosef had relied on him, Rashi is doing a wonderful pun here. The root tala, taf lamed hey, means to lean on, to rely on. Where did we just see the word tala? The last verse of the previous, um, of the previous text, it also means to hang. It's what happened to the other of the two servants. Um, because to hang and to rely are the same concept both in English and in Hebrew. Because Yosef had relied on this human, Lezochro, remember him, whose kak lihiyot asur shteishanim. Joseph was forced to spend an extra two years imprisoned. Shedne'amar, as it says, remember, in, you can use a proof text from later on in Tanakh to prove a point in the book of Breshit, Ein Mukdam Umuchar Torah. There's no chronology before or after in Torah, according to the rabbinic way of understanding. As we learn from a verse in Tehillim, there are many such verses he could have quoted. He, he quoted this one from chapter 40. Ashrei HaGever, blessed is the guy, Asher Sam Adonai Mivtacho, who puts his trust in God. Velo Pana, lofana el rehavim, and does not uh, turn to those who are considered rahavim. Rahavim is translated here as arrogant, and what Rashi interprets that to mean is the lo vatach al mitzrim. You shouldn't place your trust in Egyptians, hakruim rahav, who are called rahav. And if you look at the next verse from Isaiah, Rashi knows all of the Bible by heart. He knows that somewhere in the Bible there's a connection between Egypt and the word rahav. The kind of help that you're going to get from the Egyptians, it's worth nothing. It's emptiness and vacuousness. Thus, I say about the Egyptians, this is a very hard verse to translate, but something like, they are a rahav, they are, I know it's translated here as disgrace or chagrin, um, but the way Rashi's reading it is, they are an arrogant bunch uh, that has ceased to be. They're not going to last as long as we are. What is therefore Rashi saying in our verse? Who was responsible? Or, or wh 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 why did Yosef suffer from the cheap cupbearer's forgetfulness? Correct. What Bob says is because Joseph made the, made the religious mistake of relying on an Egyptian instead of relying on God. Which means Rashi's entree into our, into our conversation is, the human mind doesn't just remember and forget based on, on neurotransmitters. The human mind remembers or forgets based on God, right? The moment that Joseph said to a human, I'm putting my trust in you, was the moment that Joseph's fate was sealed. God was going to make sure to punish Joseph. Very, It's harsh. Punish Joseph by being the cause of the non-remembrance. It's not, how, how could a human being forget that encounter? Could you forget that someone put their life in your hands? Could you have had that experience with a, in, in prison where someone said, if you ever get out of here, I need you to do me just one favor. One thing. One simple thing. 
just mention my name to someone. You couldn't forget that, right? Unless you were, you're dealing with, with, with true mental decline. That's not something you forget. Rashi knows that on some level and says he didn't forget it. God forgot him. God forgot for him, right? Because Rashi made the mistake, sorry, Yosef made the mistake of relying on the human mind and the human mind can be Swiss cheesed by God. Better for Yosef to have relied just on God. Yes, Ed. I know Ed just said something very important, but I didn't get a word of it because the motorcycle was going by. <laughs> Can you say it again and go, say it louder? Right, so Ed is basically saying is that Rashi's sermon, right? Every time Rashi makes a comment, he's both resolving a problem in the verse, but he's giving a mini-sermon. And he's basically sermonizing on some things you should learn from Joseph, not from this. He, what, what Joseph sh should have just done would be c to continue on the right, righteous and straight path, and God would have taken care of it, right? Of course, there are many responses in rabbinic Judaism that say that sometimes you have to make the right path appear for you, right? And we, all, we have the joke about the, the, um, the car, the helicopter, and, and the boat, etc. And uh, God had given plenty of chances, and sometimes you have to claim the things that God gave you. Look at the next source, Rashbam. This is Rashi's grandson. That the chief cupbearer did not remember Yosef. Miyad, immediately. But Seto, the moment he got out, right? When he's in prison, he's empathic, he finds kinship in Yosef. The moment he's free, this probably is somewhat of a common experience, almost like a, a circumstantial forgetting, right? Yeah, I, my, my life in prison no longer speaks to me. What speaks to me is my life of freedom, and I'm not at all beholden to that which I've promised in prison. It's almost like a, a feigned forgetting. Kemosha bikesh mimenu Yosef, just as Joseph had requested. When, he, when Joseph had said, ki im zachartani itcha, please remember me with you. And on the phrase, vayishkachayu, when he forgot him, zman meruba acharechen, Rashbam is saying something similar to his grandfather. And a long time after that, when he had an opportunity to ruminate on his experience in prison, he still forgot until, ad sha'ah shahakadosh baruchu asal Yosef nisim. Rashbam says what his grandfather said even more strongly. He didn't remember in the presence of Pharaoh because he was reminded by a data point. According to the Rashbam, the cupbearer remembered in the presence of Pharaoh because God did a miracle. God planted the memory back in his mind. In some ways, that's fantastical. And we wouldn't speak that way. Even we people of faith wouldn't speak that way necessarily. But don't you feel it sometimes? When all of a sudden you remember something you had forgotten and you ask yourself, where did it come from? Rashi, Rashbam says it came from God. God wanted you to remember it in this case, right? And, and it does seem almost as magical as that. Where was it the moment before you remembered it? Was it a, was it a, a bit in your brain? Is, is it, is it tangible at all, that memory? I love, by the way, I, I didn't bring, bring it into here. I love how the Harry Potter series deals with memory as a tangible thing. You a Harry Potter fan? Right? No? This wonderful invention of the pensive of where Dumbledore can take his memory and place it like a silvery ephemeral thing into a bowl that, that almost like looks like, you know, almost the way mercury might look, right? It's, 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 a, it's not quite a liquid, but it's also not a solid. And by putting your head into it, you can, you can see someone else's memory, right? It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful invention that plays with the idea that a memory is a thing. Because we don't really know what that means, what a memory is, particularly when one comes back to us after having forgotten it. According to Rashbam, it's not a thing, it's God. Look at Chitzkuni. 
Provence in the Middle Ages, a couple hundred years after Rashi. On the phrase that the chief chief cupbearer did not remember Yosef, interesting, he asks, he adds in the word buffet. The moment that the chief cupbearer had the opportunity to be good on the promise to mention Joseph to Pharaoh, he didn't do it explicitly. He didn't let the words come out of his mouth. In the moment that it should have been, he gets out of prison, he stands in front of Pharaoh, and he has two things to say. Number one, thank you for sparing my life. Number two, I owe my life to this guy named Yosef, and I promised him that I would mention him to you. He may have said the first thing. He doesn't say the same thing. Uh, when just as Joseph had asked him to do, this is a very different answer. Therefore, he forgot him in the heart. What Rashi and Rashbam ascribe to God, what is Chizkuni ascribed to? The human condition, right? There's no, there's no theology in this particular commentary. This is Chizkuni saying, how do you remember something? By mentioning it. How do you not forget something? By acting on it immediately. It's possible that something can be on the verge of being forgotten, but if you say it, it resurrects it. Or reverse. That something can be on the verge of being remembered, but if you don't remember to remember it, it'll now enter into a part of your brain where it'll be harder to retrieve, deeper into your, like a, a deeper cave in your brain. And Chizkuni didn't do, know neuroscience, but there's something to it. Right? They even say people who are suffering from memory decline, one of the things that they're supposed to be, to do is to work as actively as they possibly can on naming and mentioning things that they're liable to forget because the more recently you have encountered something in your mind, the, 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 the closer it's going to be when your memory wants to retrieve it. Chizkuni is saying a version of the same thing. And finally, Ha-Mekdavar, this is the most modern of the commentaries, Rabbi Naftali Tzviyahuda Berlin, called the Netziv, who was from uh, Lithuania in the end of the 19th, early 20th century. So uh, more in line with a modern scientific, at least knowledge, not quite our scientific knowledge, but not medieval either. On the phrase, Velo Zachar, and he did not mention, Keperesh Rashi, like Rashi had said, Bo'oto Yom, V'haya Efshar Lachshov, he could have thought, Shalo Ra'ah Sha'at Hakoshalachach. He might have thought, when I got out of prison, it's not that I'm standing before Pharaoh and I forgot Joseph. It's not that I'm standing before Pharaoh and I forgot that Joseph asked me to do. It's that I'm standing before Pharaoh and it doesn't seem like the thing I should be mentioning to Pharaoh. He's Pharaoh. I, I should be mentioning to Pharaoh a promise I made to a guy in prison who had done something against the realm. I didn't think it was appropriate. Mishum hachi, because of that, peresh hakatu vayishkachehu. Because of that, the verse goes on to say, and then he also forgot him. He never paid any attention to it afterwards. Because the will of God was such. Is this phrase which means personal kind of supervision. Is the same word as the mashkiach, the one who supervises kashut. It also means supervising uh, behavior. So prati uh, is the way of, is a theological concept in rabbinic literature to suggest that God is specifically hovering over and super supervising all of our deeds uh, individually. Be'onesh, um, in a punishment, al-shebatach al-sar ha-mashkim, was a punishment for Joseph in that he trusted on the, on the sar ha-mashkim, on the cupbearer. What I like about the Hamak Davar is that he combines the theological 
and kind of the scientific, the theological, that God was kind of orchestrating all of this. Uh, and therefore, the forgetting was part of God's plan, as was the remembering. The semi-scientific is sometimes you have an opportunity to remember something or do something that will prevent something from being forgotten. And if you don't do it, it might be gone, right? If you don't do the thing in the moment when, it's, when, when you're confronted with it because you make an explanation that it's not the right time, it actually might recede into a part of your consciousness that cannot be retrieved. So God may have been orchestrating it, but God was orchestrating it through the human process. And guess what? We're, we still live through those moments all the time. There are moments where we are called upon to say something or do something. And if we don't say it or do it, we might never retrieve it. Kids find that to be incredibly frustrating. My nine-year-old, like, he gets so upset when he wants to say something around the dinner table. It's hard to, you know, get a word in when you have adults on the table. And if he, if he, he's not allowed to say it, by the time it comes down to him, he's forgotten it. And it crushes him because he's, I, 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 I can't, I can't guess why, I mean, we discussed it, but I can't guess exactly why it crushes him, but it must be some nine-year-old's understanding of, I'll never remember that again. That moment is gone. It'll never come back to me. And he's right on some level. That's what the Hanek Devar is saying, that there's sometimes narrow opportunities for us to remember something. If we don't, then we may be going on in our lives with a thing not remembered, and therefore the person we could have impacted with that thing, suffering perhaps in a prison they should no longer be in. Mark? Yeah. So what Mark says is comparing this use of the remembering and not forgetting, which seem to be synonyms, right? It's a positive and a negative that are both connoting the same thing, that we have that as a command when it comes to Amalek, Zachor, Asher, Asalach, Amalek, remember what Amalek did to you, and then, Lo Tishkach, don't forget. And the same array of commentators that play with the doubling here, play with it there. And what you're positing, Mark, is that maybe they're not the same thing. Maybe it's a different process to remember something, as you're holding on to it versus not forgetting it, and maybe the Torah knew that, or maybe it's an emphasis, it's a doubling for emphasis. Bob, was your hand up? Uh, actually, Vayishka Chehu, it looks, he feel looks causative. It's actually not. It's, it's the Pa'al, it's the basic form, but it, it's, it's in the form called the Vav Ha'ipuch, which means it looks like a future tense, but it's a past tense and has a suffix. So, it, it, like, there is a way of saying to make someone forget. This one is, um, a straight pa'al. Literally, he and he forgot him. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Great. So Bob's saying that when the cupbearer starts to remember, whether that remembering is induced by God who's trying to undo the punishment or it's just happening as a natural consequence of being triggered by uh, Pharaoh, maybe then it was the first time since he met Joseph that someone had a dream that couldn't be interpreted, that he takes a risk. And his first phrase when he says, um, um, my sins I remember... Oh, now I actually understand what you're saying. You're saying that I, I must make mention of my sins. The sin is not forgetting Joseph, but the sin is what put me in prison. Fascinating. I've looked at that verse 500 times. I've never read it that way, and that's so interesting. That what he's saying is, my error is not that I forgot Joseph. My error is that I once did some things, chataim, sins, that caused me to go into prison. And when I was there, oh, right, I met this guy. Yeah. Great. Uh, such an interesting read, Bob. Thank you. Um, so uh, I, 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 in this, in this shiur, so we can end Shabbat, kind of where I began it. It remains a mystery, and it has throughout time, how this process happens. Uh, as I and all of us continue to age, 
um, we will inevitably be faced with more and more situations where we're trying to remember something that we once knew. Sometimes it'll be triggered because of a situation like perhaps with uh, Pharaoh and the cupbearer. Sometimes it'll happen because we search the right place in our mind. And maybe sometimes it happens because God has determined it's time for this person to remember. We don't have to completely de-theologize our human experience, even as we understand more and more about science. So good luck remembering what I taught today, uh, and good luck remembering the quadratic formula. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.